Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. We are now up to episode 24. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Chris, and I'm here with Nick. How's it going, Nick? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very good. Very good. Enjoying the bank holiday weekend. How's yours been? Yeah, it's been good. Boozy. Um, some little hungover right now. So yeah. um, I guess we can probably just get straight into our interview with, with Vinny. Um, yeah, I am into that. Let's Let's go for it. So yeah, we had um, Vinny uh, Caruana of Movie Life, and I am the Avalanche fame um, with us last week. Um, so here it is. We are joined all the way from New York with Mr. Vinny Caruana. Hello, Vinny. Hello. Per- that's the correct pronunciation. I love, I love it. It's very, very rare. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, good. Where, where, where are, you, are you in Long Island at the moment then, are you? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn. I oh, okay. live. Uh, I live in Brooklyn um, for a while now, um, about twenty miles away from where I grew up on Long Island. So I, I guess we, we probably want to get get into that a little bit, really, in terms of um, your upbringing over over there and and how you kind of got into music. I don't know if you can kind of take us take us right back a bit. <laughs> sure. Uh, where do I start? How far back would you like me to go? I guess what it was like growing up in Long Island and, you know, at what point you kind of got into music, um, you know, any influences ar- ar- around around that time that kind of, yeah, started um, when you started playing and stuff. I grew up in uh, Nassau County, which is closer to the city. Suffolk County is more out east, further out on Long Island. Um, so I grew up about maybe 10 miles from the border of Queens where New York City starts and... Um, in a town called North Merrick, um, where say it's about a 10 minute drive to the beach. So really nice beaches. So we grew up going to the beach a lot in the summer. Um, and tons of kids around our neighborhood that we grew up with. And, um, music was always like a, a really big part of my household. My dad was really into tunes and there was a record player in the basement. So he taught us how to use it at a very young age, told us not to scratch the records. And um, What kind of records was he playing at that point? Well, my dad was like in, he was, he was into um, obviously the Beatles, um, a lot of Queen, a lot of Beatles, a lot of Kiss, um, the band, um, like Crosby, Stills and Nash, Paul Simon, stuff like that. Um, but we were definitely encouraged to get into our own music and he would buy us records that we wanted to get into. So I remember we started getting Ozzy Osbourne records and Judas Priest and stuff like that. Um, I have two older brothers, so they were like, it was, it was a lot easier for me to get a hold of music because they were starting to become people and pe- like starting to, you know, figure out who they were and what kind of music they liked. So that was really helpful for me to just kind of sneak into their rooms and, and uh, like later on and, and start finding punk rock and, and hardcore and like alternative music, you know? Okay. So um, through them. Yeah. Um, you know, music was always a big thing with, with us growing up with my parents and, and them kind of facilitating that. But yeah, as soon as my brothers got into their teenage years, they started going to shows, um, you know, they would go and see Faith No More and Pantera and White Zombie and 
stuff like that. And, um, you know, once you're kind of an alternative kind of kid and you start digging deeper and they discovered, uh, a scene that was happening on Long Island in their, my guess, very early nineties. And, um, it was a hardcore scene, but it was a very eclectic hardcore scene and punk scene. A lot of, a lot of bands that were not really hardcore or punk, but everything kind of fit under this umbrella of Long Island hardcore, which is what we came to learn it to be. And so Long Island hardcore, um, when I was growing up and even before the movie life started and even when the movie life began, that was kind of the scene, you know, it, we, Long Island hardcore meant this, this thing that was happening. It didn't necessarily mean, um, that you were a hardcore band, you know? Got it. Got it. Um, but my brothers were there for this first kind of wave. Um, and I was paying attention and, uh, I was around maybe 11 years old, 12 years old when I went to my first show, um, in the town Merrick where I grew up, there was a lot of musicians from that town for some reason like there was a few towns on long island that maybe just had more kids that were into the scene than than other towns and um okay we were lucky that merrick was one of them because there were some you know it ended up being let's see so vision of disorder vod for short was like a massive thing um i mean they became a worldwide thing but in the beginning, they were just the best band on Long Island by far. Um, okay. They were putting on crazy shows. They were way better band than anybody else. They obviously, it was exploding like within a year of like watching VOD when I was like 12 yeah. or something. So um, uh, I'd say point, within a year. Uh, okay. Sorry, go okay. on. Yeah, I was just going to say, at what point did you get to know those guys? Was that later on when you were in a band yourself or did you kind of get to know them from going to their shows or how did that come about? Uh, well, my older brothers went to school with them and they were all oh, okay. like best okay. friends. And, um, my brother had a band as well, my brother, Mike. And, um, so no, I, I got in really early. Um, you know, my first show might've been their third show. Oh, um, right. okay. Okay. And I was allowed to go, at a very young age because, um, well, because I just begged to be, I, I knew that it was something I was really going to be interested in and something I was going to be a big part of my life. I just thought it was so cool. And so, yeah, I started being allowed to be able to go. And, um, only when my brothers were playing or when VOD was playing or when my brothers agreed to like have me hang around. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to go to every show ever. It's all I thought about. And uh, it, that, that was hard for me being really young. Not under, you know, I understood that I, I wasn't allowed. But I remember my parents being like, you know, you can, you, it's cool that you're getting into this thing, but you, you can't go to every show. You have to, you know, right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a life you have to live kind of thing. So um, that was my favorite part about getting older and growing up. It was like, yes, <laughs> now I can do, I can do whatever I want. Um, I can go to every show I can, you know, so that was really my thing. I just, I made so many good friends. The scene had grown from like a few hundred people to like thousands of people. Um, but in the beginning being one of the young kids, 
there was only a few of us that I remember back then, and um, Daryl from Glassjaw was one of them. He and I met, basically became friends because we were the only kids our age going. And we just kind of were like, hey, hey, you know, like, guess we should be friends since we don't know anybody else that's into this who's 12, 13 years old, you know. But yeah, it, I mean, it became a massive scene and, and you know, most of the bands that, um, most of the bands that the world has heard of from Long Island in this very broad scene, you know, were, were little kids in the crowd going to see all these really cool Long Island bands sure. that, of course. Of course. that, um, that kind of paved the way for all of us. Cool. Well, I, I guess, I guess fast forward to, uh, I guess the start of movie life that I, I, I guess came, was a product of that scene, right? Oh, totally. Um, it was kind of the next wave. Um, Glassjaw was playing in a basement somewhere out east on Long Island, and uh, they had a song on their EP that required two vocalists. So sometimes if I was around, I would sing with them. Um, and I sung with them that day, and Eddie Reyes, who uh, was in a band called Clockwise, who was a band that we would go and see like every weekend. They were awesome. Um, Eddie Reyes, who went on to form Taking Back Sunday and who wrote a lot of huge songs for them and toured the world with them for years. Um, he uh, is probably the reason why we're talking right now. Right, because right. Um, he was just like, I saw you singing with Glassjaw. So, yeah, he's like, I'm starting a new band. I'm like, whoa. I never, I don't know why, but I never really thought about being in a band. I never took it seriously. And I was like, no, nah, I don't really sing. Um, he's like, no, nah, you sing, you sing, you just try out. And so, uh, so they gave me a tape of a song that they, that Eddie wrote. And the, my job was to write over it, like to show that I knew what I was doing, which I didn't. And um, so we, I went to Daryl's house and he, uh, I guess maybe Eddie and Daryl are the reasons we're talking right now because Daryl was very instrumental in helping me get my start as far as like all right this is what you do like you know you just write words right you know <laughs> yeah. uh just write about whatever you want to write about and fit it into the song and i'm like uh sounds hard um yeah so the when i tried out um basically what we did was we just opened a book of poems that daryl had and we just picked one and we just fit it into the song and he helped me out and then I brought it to practice and they were like, cool, um, you did this. I'm like, ah, Daryl helped me a little bit. But the truthfully, Daryl wrote all the words and he basically did everything. And okay. then um, okay. and then I joined the movie life for what it was back then, um, which was Evan on drums, Alex on guitar. They were from a band called The Sand Pebbles and Nick from Nick, who's now the bass player at Bayside. He was the yeah. original bass yeah. player. And uh, and Eddie. And then we started rolling, and I started figuring out how to do my thing. Yeah. Um, started figuring out how to write, how to write lyrics, how to sing better. Um, I don't know. It's bizarre that I still do this. It's, it's pretty crazy. Had you learned the guitar at that point, or did that kind of come 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 later on in life? Was it just I could kind play of... a few chords, you know what I mean? Like, right, 
I wasn't really writing music. I was just like giving music and then writing lyrics over that for a while. Um, okay. But no, I would toy around with the guitar, but I never took that seriously either. And so when was it, was this about 96, 97 when, when this is all? 97 was when it started, like the fall of 97. So okay. it was the summer, no, summer 97. So it was the summer after I graduated high school. Right. Okay. Okay. So I graduated high school and I was going to go to college, which I did for two years, but I dropped out of college when movie life started getting more serious. Like we wanted to try to tour and yeah. make records. So had you, gone to, had you gone to college somewhere locally then if you were still able to do the band at the same time, presumably? Yeah, I went to a state school on Long Island. Right, okay. Which I didn't take seriously at all. <laughs> right. Um, I was never really a good student. I would... They didn't really have. They didn't. We didn't really. They didn't really talk about learning disabilities and ADHD and all that shit. And I'm not, not saying that that's what I have. I'm not, but I found yeah. it terribly hard to concentrate and to retain information that I didn't care about. So right. I was just kind of like, I did find in school that in college when I did was in a few classes that I enjoyed that I actually excelled in them and got A's and. Um, but I was a bad student. I didn't give a shit. I didn't want to go to college. Um, but my father basically, you know, he was like, you got to go to school. You got to, got to get an education. So I, I, I said, cool. And he's like, what do you want? No idea. And, um, basically gave him an answer. Maybe open a restaurant or something, which I I have no passion for at all. I just said it. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah. So then you go to school for business. And then it was, <laughs> oh, I see. it was yeah, hell I because going to school for business is like basically just all math and, and economics and shit. And I barely graduated high school because I was terrible with math. Um, right. I like, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I had to take like the finals for math, like three times, almost got held back, almost had to do school again. <laughs> like with the kids so that were definitely not one younger. of your favorites then right no so yeah i was in hells and uh daryl was going to school like an hour north and um i started seeing uh, this nice girl at his school yeah and uh basically just stopped going to class and i just started hanging out up there a lot got my report card and wasn't cool at all <laughs> i got like zero <laughs> because i didn't right. take any of the tests <laughs> Oh, God. Um, I still have uh, dreams like that. I still have dreams where um, where I'm in school, but I, I'm I'm just totally skipping certain classes and just not going like ever for like the whole semester. But it, it's actually what happened. Like I actually did that. Surprised my father didn't strangle me. Like he was he was he was pissed. But I was just going to ask, yeah, if, if he was keen on you going to college, like how did that go down when, when, when you left after two years? Presumably, what, to be in a band as well, presumably he wasn't impressed initially. <laughs> he, he, you know what? Like my parents just in, you know, growing up, you don't always like, you know, see eye to eye with your parents and shit. And sure, looking yeah. back, they really, they, they're incredible. They, I mean, they're great now and we get along really well as, as adult human beings. Um, 
back then it was pr- they were probably pretty frustrated. They had three boys. None of us were particularly good in school, but we were good dudes, and they were glad that they had some good dudes. Um, but yeah, um, they, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what the hell I said to my dad in, when he looked at that report card, but um, he said, "You got one more chance, or else you you know." I was still living at home. I was 18, 17, something like that when the band started. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he. I went to school for just like a liberal arts, which is, I don't know what you would call that in England, but just general studies. You just do like philosophy, history. It's kind of just like another semester of high school where you have a bunch of different right. kind of right, broad right. spectrum. And um, yeah, I did a lot better. But uh, movie life, we were all talking about getting serious and basically get buying a van, going on tour. Um, and uh, I, again, my parents were super cool. Basically, long story short, I got in really big trouble at the same time that this was all going on. There was a, a, a situation that happened in my town, some dudes from my town and um, Long story short, we got into this big fight, and um, one of the dudes got real hurt, and um, and so um, we, me and a bunch of my friends, got arrested for felony assault, which is a really big deal. Oh, um, Jesus! So we were teenage kids being charged with felonies for what? Again, I'll keep the story very short with that. <laughs> um, I'll spare you all the details, but. The way I see it, um, we won a fight. <laughs> we got into a fight and we won. They lost, so they called the cops and said that. Um, I don't remember, but some nonsense. So I had to go to court um, maybe once a month, and basically it went. That was ongoing for a few years. Um, for a few years, really. Yeah, for a few years because they were trying to throw me in jail, and uh, it was, they were trying to throw me in a real in a jail that would if I went to jail there it would definitely knock my life off course, and uh, yeah, okay. I don't even know if I would have survived that. Um, not really cut out for Nassau County Jail, but um, anyhow, um, back to your question, which is the reason I went into that is. When I told my dad I was dropping out of school to go on tour, I was actually sitting with him in court waiting to have a hearing about this felony assault that I was being charged with. I have no idea why I chose that moment to tell him, <laughs> but um, I did. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember how he reacted at the time, but um, my parents have always been really supportive of... I don't know, just been really unbelievably supportive of of everything. I'm sure they were pretty um and they still are supportive too. Um yeah, that's awesome. The, you know, it's it's pretty gnarly. It's a, it's a you know, I'm not like a rock star, you know what I mean? It's not like I've gotten mm-hmm. rich from music. So it's been a grind from day 1 um sure. to make a living playing music. Um and you know, it's I'll be 40 years old this year which is crazy to say I don't I don't feel that way I don't feel 40 but um 
I'm still doing it. I'm still having more fun than ever. Um, I'm still playing great shows. People are still super excited. Um, and I'm still, you know, writing, um, writing songs, um, I think is something that completes me like as a, yeah. as like a human being and some, it's something that keeps me really happy. And, you know, I feel like, you know, there's other things that I'm interested in. There's other things that I might get involved in, 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 in a business sense, because you do have to think about the future. Um, sure. but I feel like I'll, I'll always, I'll always write music and, 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 um, and I'll always perform music if, if, as long as, you know, a few people will come and watch me because it really does, mm -hmm. um, make me a happy person. There's a lot of darkness and a lot of, um, you know, listen, the human experience is, uh, the human experience can be fucking painful and, and terrible sometimes. And, uh, and, um, we all have that darkness and we all have shit that we need to work through. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm able to be a pretty happy guy. Um, and I, I'm not so sure I'd be able to say that if I didn't have this outlet. And also, you, you know, I, I am getting older and, and now, and there is this like urgency that's like been kicking in the last few years of like, holy shit, do, do the work, like do it, man. Like fucking go hard before you're old, which is exactly what I'm doing. I'm going hard as hell. <laughs> right writing tons yeah. of music having the blast because i know you know it doesn't last forever so uh, i'm really yeah, before it slows to... down yeah it's, it's yeah it seems like the scene at the moment though, though is there, there are a lot of kind of those old veterans and the kind of punk rock and punk uh, pop punk scene kind of doing that comeback and you, you know you see other guys like like Mike Herrera, who's just just never seems seems to give up, and he still keeps going. And you know, there's definitely you know, like you say, as long as people are there to to listen and interested, then that you know, it's going to keep you going, right? Exactly, it's really cool, and I'm I feel so fulfilled and so lucky that I still get to play shows and yeah. I look back on what I've done so far, and I look at what I have on my plate now, and what I'm going to be releasing later this year as far as music goes. And I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. This is awesome. Oh, I'm cool. so glad yeah. that I, you know, that I get to do this. So yeah, I'm enjoying it thoroughly and totally like living life full on 110%. Um, until one day I have to pull it back to like 70% or something. <laughs> right. Uh, Fortunately, we're not at that day just yet. <laughs> no, um, no. Sorry, I, I, sorry to jump back again, Vinny. I just wanted to ask before, like, so when you started to do the movie life, basically, it's a full time thing. Was that was that when you guys were on um, what was that label? Re Revelation. Was it was it were those the guys that were kind of helped you to enable that, or or did, did that come later? That came a little bit later. So the right, the okay. first label that re that we released. A record on was uh, well the it's go time record i'm not sure if you're familiar with that record yeah so that like was your first full length. that's your first full length right yeah yeah and it came out on a label yeah. called fade away records which was our friends still our friends right um okay. yeah and we toured an awful lot um on that record so i would say that we went full-time when fade away records put out our record um, Got it. okay 
and we got a van and and um the revelation was um was kind of a result of all that hard work we would go out and I tour see. okay and yeah. uh we were touring on its go time and and yeah revelation started to pay attention and i think we played a few shows in california and obviously we would reach out to labels and be like come out and see us yeah and uh revelation was such a huge deal for us um as hardcore kids um i mean they put out they were like the legendary hardcore label still are sure um so when they were interested we were blown away we could not believe it and then when it finally happened we we were just so happy yeah and i guess they they helped kind of put you on the map a little bit i know certainly for me personally that's when i when you guys first came across my radar was with that this time next year record, which was obviously the one you put out through them. I remember, uh, cause I was, I, I lived up in Newcastle as well in those days and Newcastle used to be quite good for finding, I guess what ultimately were obscure ish records in that genre. But I remember like getting my hands on that and yeah, that was how I first became familiar with you guys. And I suppose that would have been the case with lots of people around the world at that point, I guess. Exactly. There was a definitely a more worldwide reach. Um, yeah. It was a hardcore label, and they were releasing a lot of heavy stuff at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like we, you know, made this big splash. Um, not not the hugest splash, but there were people that were kind of on the fringes of hardcore, and some of the people that were into basically all the stuff that revelation was putting out some of those people paid attention and this was also the first time we ever had like a publicist or anything so you know we started doing interviews um like international interviews and we would see clippings from fanzines and magazines and stuff that Um, must have been surreal yeah it was insane it was really cool And, and um this time next year was uh it was really special to some people and uh and i definitely i mean that was what was what brought us to the uk that's for sure our first show our first tour in the uk was in support of this time next year was it really oh uh, was, yeah. was that a head, was that a headline tour because because uh, i didn't know you guys had been i think the first tour i saw you on was the very first one supporting you know the first drive through release the ep but um so you first we you know, um sorry go on yeah, unless I have it wrong, I believe we did we did a headlining tour with Thursday supporting us. Yeah, that's is that that's, what you're that's talking the one about. I saw you on. Yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe the EP was out too. Then I'm doing my best to remember the time frames. <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, our first um, our first tour in the UK was definitely heavy on the this time next year um sure. i'm sure yeah. the set was yeah. probably almost the whole record considering yeah. a headlining set in england you got to play for an hour which we had never done before right. <laughs> like play 20 minute sets or a half hour or something so we remember that being like holy shit well we we don't have that many songs so <laughs> I, um, just, I, I i just remember the funny story from certainly the show that i saw you on on that tour I was catching up with a buddy of mine last night and I, I was at that show with him and I remember like, cause we were just like 18 year old kids. We were dickheads and like, he was like causing trouble in the pit and you stopped mid song and like called him out like quite <laughs> rightly so at the time. But I remember him being so embarrassed. 
And like the next day, he's like, should I email him or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was something that, um, that's definitely something that I learned watching all the front men from, you know, in the hardcore scene on Long Island. Nobody was allowed to be a dickhead. Nobody was, yeah. <laughs> you know, moshing was encouraged, but if someone was, you know, looked like they were yeah. trying to fight people or something like that, then, um, yeah, fuck. I've done that a lot of times. That's gotten me like into fights myself. Really? People get, up, people get upset. Yeah, yeah. I got into a fight with um, like an entire group of people that came to see me play once because my friend was, my friend lives in uh, Utah, friend I grew up with uh, here, and uh, he was like dancing and shit, and I saw someone take a swing at him, so I just ran into the pit and just started hitting people with the microphone and got him out of there, <laughs> and. Um, I don't remember what happened after that. It was people waiting for us outside and it was like this funny situation where you like squaring off fighting with people that like just paid to see you play. Strange. Yeah, it's me. a strange vibe, but uh Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you see someone take a swing at your friend, you you got to do something. So, I mean, I guess you've done you've done a pretty pretty fair amount of touring over, over here in the UK. I mean, what was that kind of first experience like then over here? Did you kind of did you kind of fall in love with the place first time you came over? And absolutely, totally fell in love. Um, we were dreaming. We were on a bus with Thursday, who were our good friends. I remember one thing about that tour. It was our first time over there. I had all these like articles in Kerrang and and stuff like that, and we were just yeah. like what the fuck is going on over here? Like, <laughs> and, and also I remember like getting on the phone with my manager and being like, stop moving the London shows. Stop moving. He goes, uh, he goes, they keep selling out. I'm like, no, they're not. Why would they sell out? We've never been here before. <laughs> and uh, I remember being like, show me what's going on because the venues, <laughs> the venue keeps moving and people are going to get confused. And I was just like, <laughs> he's like, Everyone, he's like, everyone knows where the show is. It's being moved to this bigger room again. And I remember being like, what, what room? And it was the mean fiddler, which was this, yeah, yeah. I the, um, maybe about a thousand people. And we yeah. were like, there's no fucking way. There's gotta be some mistake. Don't screw up the London show. This is our first time here. Like, trust me, just <laughs> you're going to show up and there's going to be a room filled with people a thousand people and they're all going to know all your songs. And I'm like, there's no way that's true. So who, we rolled up. Who, who was driving that push then? Cause obviously the internet really wasn't kind of at its height in terms of streaming and what have you. But I mean, you say there was kind of a lot of coverage in Kerrang and what have you. Was it, who was, was, were, were, the, were the label pushing that or what, what do you think it was that actually kind of, cause this would be drive through at this point, presumably as well. It's cause it'd be yeah, I guess out. the EP must've been out and, and, um, there's a guy named Steven Anderson who was working our PR back then. Um, okay. And um, He's doing a good job. <laughs> doing a great job. And, um, you know, I guess the, the drive-through thing was also kind of starting to explode. Yeah. A lot of people were just paying attention to whatever they put out. And um, also, I, I very distinctly remember um, a lot of people knew us because of Glassjaw. So Glassjaw had kind okay, of exploded yeah. in the UK and then everybody because I think they went there with the Deftones 
And so Glassjaw got really big in the UK. And I believe Daryl would just tell everybody, yo, my best friend's got a band. It's called The Movie Life. They're going to come over here. You guys need to check them out. So he was definitely, Daryl was definitely like championing us in the UK. That's for sure. Um, Yeah, our first photo shoot for for Kerrang! was was unreal. It was... um, Jimmy Page's daughter, Scarlett Page, right. was shooting us. And I thought, what the hell is my life becoming right now? This is really yeah. fucking bizarre. Um, and yeah, so then we went over and instantly we had this fan base in the UK. And it, it, I, I fell in love. I was so in love with the country. And when someone shows you so much love, you kind of like fall in love with them back very pretty quickly. So the fact that more people were responding to our music in England than they were in most of the United States. Um, We were like, we were super. um, That's interesting. Was it just the the UK? Were there any other countries that did that for you? Because it's interesting how it's different countries with different bands. Like, because we were talking to the the guy from Alistair the other week and he was, he was like this, but about Japan, you know, not so, not so much the UK. Right. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, We didn't, it it was just the UK and then certain places in the United States. Um, And Europe kind of um, followed a little bit. Um, But, you know, we didn't, we didn't end up going to Europe for like another year, I don't think, after that. But we would just went to the UK and then we just kept wanting to hurry back and build on, build on what we were doing. And we did a good job of building this thing in the UK until we broke up at the very worst time. <laughs> right, um, right. We, which which obviously we were, came after after that full length, which everyone was loving at the time, and yes, I know it was just so it was stupid. Um, we were so sick of each other, and um, the record came out. I remember they were playing the video on TV and shit. And we went and played Reading and Leeds Festival. And then we were, a uh, funeral for a friend was like exploding, playing Brixton yeah. Academy and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, we were coming over, our single was playing on the radio. We were coming over to do main support in these massive rooms. And then the whole plan was that we were going to be the next band to headline those rooms. And oh, instead we broke yeah. up. And everybody was just like, wait, what happened? Like they just released this record that so many people were um, getting into and a record that is still a big thing to a lot of people. I mean, that we, I just sung all those songs on this last tour Mm. and um, yeah, you could see how, how much these songs mean to so many people still. Yeah, we we dive back into that record all the time. But what, what, was there was there anything in particular that you did different um, in terms of kind of pulling that together and write, writing Forty Hour Train Back to Japan? Um, we did we did take time off, which was cool. That was smart. We had never done that before. Um, we hung out um, in a practice space like every day, like it was our job. I mean, it was our job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, it wasn't like, Hey, when can you practice? It's like, no, we're practicing every day. 
Right. So we did. And, you know, Brandon Riley uh, definitely came into his own. I mean, right. he wrote, he wrote like every riff on that record. He wrote, you know, the band would jam on the songs and figure out structures and things, but Brandon really did take it, take it to a new level. And Brandon, so I always say that I'm super pumped that my lyrics and the words and the things that I had to do with still mean something right. to people. But, you know, that was really Brandon Riley um, on the music side did a great fucking job and I had no idea that he had that in him and I'm so glad that he did because the collaboration just really worked and um but yeah he 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 crushed the music and I guess I came through on the you know there's still a few songs that I, I'm not that into on that record but singing all of them on this last tour has been pretty cool like I found something to like and something like this crazy nostalgia um, that really carried me through the songs that I feel like I could have done a better job on. Maybe, maybe I was, maybe I could have applied myself better. That's every record you you regret right, certain things. Right, right. What's your favorite song off that that album? Looking back, um, I think "Ship to Shore" is my favorite. Um, Okay, cool. It's funny. I was telling a, I was I would tell little stories. It was a lot of storytelling on this last tour. I couldn't shut up because all these memories would flood back. And um, that sh the ship to shore. I wrote the words when we were on a thing called deconstruction tour. Were you guys? Uh, do you remember that? I do remember it. I, I never I never got to one, but I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. The we were on tour. It was a festival tour, maybe yeah. 10 bands. And um, it was like we were on tour with some of our heroes. Um, the, it's the first time we met the guys from The Descendants. Um, oh, yeah. Because All was on the tour. And mm -hmm. um, H2O, who we had toured a bunch with, who you know are from kind of the same-ish area. Um, yeah. Our friends in Midtown, who we were coming up with, and experienced nice. a lot of fun shit great, with great band. Um, love Midtown. Um, yeah, yeah. I was telling, I was t talking to Rob recently. Oh, Rob, drummer. I've, I, yeah, yeah. I've met Rob a bunch of times. He's a super nice guy. He's great. I was telling because I missed the Midtown shows. I was out of town, I guess, playing shows or something. And uh, I missed the um, reunion shows. So I was telling them like, you right. got to do more. Yeah. I want to uh, like have me open as a solo artist. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll I'll see pick your set list and you can pick mine. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that'll happen too. I really hope so. Like I want to, I, wanna, I really want to see Midtown. I love uh, those guys. Um, and uh, anyway, so like the ship to shore thing, we were on tour with like, this crazy tour we were going to cities i'd never been to we got to go to prague and vienna and zurich and all this stuff that seemed really that was really just amazing to us that we were able to do that and um and i wrote ship to shore um i wrote the lyrics to ship to shore um on that tour in germany 
um, because I, I wanted to go home. <laughs> I thought it was really funny that this like little shit who has like the world at his fingertips, who's like living the dream. And he's sitting on a tour bus in Germany when he's touring with all these legends and just totally live like living this crazy, awesome, like fun time and, and just yeah. like finding something to complain about. <laughs> which i think was really silly <laughs> i do like ship to shore a lot it's my favorite song musically and lyrically um jamestown's always a banger though i i love i love that one too the sleeper hit that uh for me the song that i was least um interested in singing um was it's something oh right okay and, that's um, my favorite one <laughs> yeah that uh, that came around i came around to that i was like oh this is oh, actually right. cool like i i like the i like there's some interesting like structure stuff in there and melody stuff and um that totally sh- surprised me right okay as soon as we conceived the idea of doing these songs i meet doing these two records i immediately thought about all the songs that i didn't necessarily feel like singing but i enjoyed the whole thing i enjoyed everything so uh pretty special cool so um i mean what was that relationship with with drive through like then in terms of i guess initially kind of signing for those guys but towards the end as well i mean i i guess they were pretty disappointed to to hear the news of of you guys splitting right um jeez i don't know um we didn't really take anyone else's uh, feelings into consideration we were kind of just like i'm done with you you're done with me i'm right. going home um in hindsight it would probably would have been a better idea to just get home and uh take a deep breath and splash some cold water on our face and just you know but we had been touring like nine ten months a year for like three years or something and um and we just burnt ourselves out but yeah, it wasn't. We didn't really, we didn't really like talk to anybody about it. We were just like making our own decisions, and we didn't really take anything else into. I know even the English label too was like, "Dudes, come on, man! We just set up like this radio campaign. Like, yeah, you guys are about to be this big thing here, and we were just like, I don't fucking care." I'm going to get a normal job. (laughs) It's just that much of it, like this tour exhaustion mixed with frustration. And, and I don't know, we're still growing up, you know, we were still figuring out what the hell. So, so how long after kind of you putting that to bed, what did you kind of start to get the itch again? Immediately because, (laughs) um, I was, uh, we played our last show, or what you know what I'm saying like when we when we broke up the final show of this this tour was a festival in Massachusetts called Skate Fest or something yeah yeah and um i think we played that show on a saturday and on monday morning i found myself loading dirt into a wheelbarrow wasn't that um hooked up via one of those VOD guys i'm sure i heard you say yeah, that somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> My brother goes, "Are oh, you breaking up? You want maybe I can get you a job?" I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll take whatever I can get." We didn't like break up and like have it. We had zero money when we broke up. It wasn't right, like, okay. "Oh, we did the final tour and we made a bunch of money, so now we can use that to uh, figure out our next move." It was more like, 
no, we use all the money from the tour to pay all the debts, pay for all these outstanding bills and shit like that. Oh, man. So I got Monday morning. I'm in Clinton Hill yeah. in Brooklyn on a construction site, loading dirt into a wheelbarrow and then bringing it outside and loading stones into a wheelbarrow, loading a dumpster. Did you and not think like, at that time, what have I done? Or were you still like, no, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, guys. oh my God, I wish. I, no, yeah, I wasn't like, oh my God, I wish I was with the movie life guys. I was right. just more like, I was just more like, oh God, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't cool. Although I was making money, which is something that never happened in the movie life um, back then. <laughs> so right. we, um, oh, it was fucking brutal. I was dating a girl. And I would just show up to her place 5 p.m. She lived in Manhattan. And I would just be like, I don't know, basically I'd have to go to sleep because I had to wake up at like 5 a.m. the next morning to get to Brooklyn to be, to go and do a job I didn't want to do. I was super grateful to have a a job and have Tim sort me out. But he knew that I wasn't cut out for it either. He was just like, (laughs) this is a joke. This kid is not gonna. He's like, because he was like, all right, so now you got to go get this, you got to get that, you got to get this kind of drill. You need to basically buy all your own gear and like do this for real. And I was just like, dude, I'm not doing this for real. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm not cut out for this shit. And he's just like, yeah. all right, yeah. So, um, Daryl was putting together Head Automatica and, um, yeah. and then he asked me to, um, if I wanted to join. I totally did. Next thing I know, we're in San Francisco. I'm out of the construction site. I'm working on music with my friends. Um, living in San Francisco, having a really nice time. Um, and getting my brain back into the music. And uh, I was writing I'm the Avalanche stuff on the side, but we were seeing what was going to happen with had automatica yeah and um i played a few shows with head automatica and um at that time i had almost an entire record written for avalanche and i decided that i was gonna go that direction and uh that i had a lot more to say and um it was it was way better for head automatica too because they got our friend craig um, who we grew up with as well to play guitar and he was actually a guitar player he's a really good guitar player right, right. so I was kind of not I was just kind of playing power chords and hanging out with my buds so um, yeah so I went and so I went and uh, started to see the whole I'm the Avalanche thing through and uh, put a record together okay was 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 Daryl cool with that with you leaving or was it yeah, um, I think ultimately he was. I think ultimately he was uh, stoked to have a real guitar player. <laughs> um, but right. yeah, me and him, you know, we, me and him were cool. Um, we always butted heads about shit, and I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think it was a good idea for him to be my boss, and I don't think that he thought it was a good idea either. Yeah, um, yeah. But he was being a cool dude, asking me to be in the band, but. Um, we were, we would, you know, we, we would have our static and, um, 
ended up being a way better deal for both of us for me not to be in the band um but yeah a super awesome time in my life being out in san francisco um definitely made some lifelong friends in that situation and it was just part of the journey you know part of like it was definitely a transitional period of my life um Mm -hmm. i just like kind of my eyes kind of opened a little bit and kind of entered this new realm of who i was you know started smoking a bunch of weed in san francisco basically (laughs) 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 um but having a really good time and kind of like kind of feeling good again feeling healthy and positive again instead of uh the toxic kind of feeling that it, it felt like towards the end of movie life right okay okay so just in a better place generally and then um then did you did you, you had some hassle with uh, drive through with the whole I am the avalanche thing with them effectively claiming ownership to you still? Uh, you could put it that way. Um, <laughs> right, sorry, okay. I was shopping. Um, I wanted to shop around the demos to see like to labels to see what was gonna go on, and I signed the deal. Um, with the movie life when I signed, I signed a contract saying that they had uh, they had the right to a first look at anything else I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And they had an option to keep me. And um, I sent them demos and they exercised that option. So um, Got it. they did what they were totally in their right to do, which was keep me as a musician on their label. Um, I don't particularly think it was a great situation for me only because drive through was, you know, drive through played a really big part in, um, in movie life's success, um, signing to drive through and signing to drive through and putting out gambling problem. And then 40 hour really just raised things to a new level. Yeah. Um, isn't that, yeah. We didn't always see eye to eye or get along. Um, but the reason I don't think it was good for I Am The Avalanche Record to come out on drive Through was because drive Through was kind of in their final days. It was, yeah. um, there wasn't much coming out on the label. Um, it just wasn't a good era for the label. So we kind of, yeah. you know, released the record not in the glory days of drive through you know it was more of course um the dying days of drive through um but yeah i mean hey i I got nothing bad to say about them i I mean they we were hard to work with they were hard to work with um we did a bunch of cool shit together um Mm -hmm. and they're definitely part of the movie life story and the vinnie story they definitely was, uh, yeah, yeah. saw something in me and got behind me, um, and uh, it's cool and it's all it's all good. That's that's cool, man. So so were you straight straight back out to the UK with I Am the Avalanche? Then pretty much. Our that... first ever show was in the UK. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, nice. Where, where was that at? It was at the Peel in Kingston. Oh, Kingston, nice. Um, 
did 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 you did you find that your your kind of any any of your fans kind of changed, but between then or you had you know picked up new or lost old or was it pretty much, the the old the old crowd you you knew knew and lo- you knew and loved. Well, this is before uh, any records came out. It was just like the demo. Okay. That I had circulated on the internet, and um, um, this dude offered to bring us over and we thought wow that sounds cool our first shows will be in england that's gonna be awesome and i think everyone that came we played in manchester as well and um i think that everyone that came to the shows were like movie life fans who were curious as to what yeah yeah was gonna go on and um we had such a good time that was a that was a really fun trip it was cool yeah, everything was always, when am I going to the UK with this, you know? As soon as I started playing show, solo shows, when am I going to the UK with this? You gotta go to the UK, gotta go to the UK. <laughs> so it's in, I, I submitted a very long list of UK cities yesterday that I would like to visit towards the end of the year, so. Really? Oh, Yeah, lovely. yeah. Give us a taster of what's on that list. <laughs> I don't want to read out the cities because um, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes uh, promoters in certain cities don't want me there as much as I want to be there. Um, (laughs) Meaning, you know, like meaning they don't want to pay. So uh, I'll, I'll let, you know, I'll figure out where it is, but you know what the thing is, is I mean, I'm putting out a solo record in the fall. It's already finished and I'm just getting the artwork together now. And um, I want, I wanted to wait until they released the fixture list for the 2019-2020 season um, for the Premier League, but they're not releasing it until June. And I can't wait that long to book these shows. So oh, I, see. I just so got to hope I'm like... Just want to watch football. Or soccer. Hope well, they align, I would like to go and see. What's that? See the scousers. Exactly. I gotta go see my guys. <laughs> so, so how, so, uh, how did how did that come about? Anyway, how come you become a, an adopted scouse Liverpool fan? Um, I don't. I'm certainly not scouse. <laughs> I'm from Long Island, New York, so uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's silly. Um, some some American fans are just ridiculous. They, uh, I, I got into an argument with a dude. I, was, I think oh, I was yeah. wearing a Liverpool shirt, and a guy in a bar is like, "You scouse piece of shit," and I was like, like joking, <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, "Where are you from?" He's like, uh, "East Meadow, which is a town like where close to where I grew up." I'm like, who do you like? Yeah. It's like, I'm a mank. I'm like, no, you're not. You like a team. <laughs> you're a fan. The, the, uh, the social affiliations and like uh, societal shit that it has to do with your club has nothing to do with you, son. You're, you're an idiot. So, no, I'm not a scouse. Uh, I'm not a scouser. I'm a, I'm a kid from Long Island who grew up playing the game uh, I still play the game um, oh, nice. I'm a center midfielder box to box kind of guy 
Okay. Uh, and at this age, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about that. <laughs> my pro- my midfield prowess. Um, being yeah, a midfielder in my whole... Oh, God. All the people on my team are younger than me, too. And I'm like, you guys should be doing this job. Like, I went on tour, and they're like, we need you, man. We need you. I'm like, yo, you guys are like 10 years younger than me, man. Um, so, yeah, I always respected um, Stevie G. Like, I love the way he played. Um, great player. Long-range goals. Cranking shots from 30 yards. Hard tackles. Um, that was, that's the kind of player that, uh, I got interested in. So the, the, basically the long, the short story is <clears throat> we would never see live matches here. Maybe like a week later, you would see like either a highlight show of what would go on in the premier league or FA cup or anything like that. Yeah. Um, or they would just play full matches but you, it would just you would just watch to just watch. You, you didn't get to choose what you were watching, and it was never live. Okay. Um, but they would play the bigger clubs um, more often than not. So you'd end up seeing a lot of Arsenal and Man U and Liverpool games. Yeah. Um, and I just would watch them, and and I was just like, this guy's my guy. I love this guy, <laughs> and um, and. Uh, I felt I, I started to really love Liverpool every time I would go there on tour. Um, I thought it was a really wild city, and I thought that um, I, I got a real kick out of the people that I would meet at the shows, and um, All right. and made some lifelong friends too, like people that I go to matches with who I met like in two thousand and one in Liverpool, like when I first played there. Oh, wow. um, okay. I actually placed a bet. My friend Peter, I met him that day. He's just, just this nice dude. I put a bet in the other day with him because he's got a book. He's like on his corner. I woke up in the morning. I look at my wife and I go, Burnley's going to take points off a of city today and we're going to win the league. <laughs> and uh, I go, babe, I'm going to. And I looked at the odds. I go, babe, I'm going to send money to Peter. He's gonna. I'm gonna have him put a bet. So I bet a hundred bucks on. I bet a hundred bucks on Burnley to draw City. Uh, I stood to make eight hundred pounds, and I was like, "That's gonna be so cool!" And then I was like, "We'll use the money to go to a match together." Because my wife's never been to Anfield, right? And uh, we were doing this charity walk in the city, and I had like my my headphone on in one ear, listening to the match. Oh my God! I'm like maybe one inch away from 800 pounds. That that ball that like just got over the line. Fucking sucks, man. But anyway, <laughs> she was my wife. Um, used to be like a model, so she was travel around and live in all these really exotic places. And even when we first started dating, she lived in France, and and um, right. she was in England doing some some work and um she goes who so who would you say is like your team and i'm like you know like because i never felt like i needed to choose i would i just enjoyed watching but um i was like you know i i I would have to say liverpool if it was 
if, if I had a gun to my head, it's just the team that I watch more and it's the team that, and the city I love and the people in the city I love. And I just, I was like, yeah, like, you know, I guess Liverpool, you know? And she was asking because she was like buying some stuff. She was like in a sports store. She's probably oh, in yeah. like JD sports or something. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and yeah, she brought me home a Liverpool scarf and, um, still have it and um that was like when i kind of chose because when you're an when you're an american it's not like this cultural thing for you it's it's more it becomes that and you learn about your, the club and whatever but you know we we're 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 yanks you know yeah. we're not involved with anything like so i always get shit I, I listen i know that i know that um people hate on liverpool i like fucking they really hate on Liverpool. And I know that a lot of the UK people that come to my shows, I, I know that they like me despite the fact that I support <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> but uh, it's cool and I can handle the banter and uh, I, I know the game and I love the game. So I love talking about it with people. Cool. Yeah. And um, I always welcome that. I always look forward to that when I get to the UK because... Um, nobody here talks to me about it. Like <laughs> I have, I have my friends who are into it and we, we talk about it, but like on tour, there's no, like, I'm like, it's like, I'm into this sport that nobody, you know, nobody in the band cares about it. So I'm just sitting there like having this, you know, trying, like taking cars across town to go and watch matches at like supporters club, like bars and shit. And, I'm yeah. on this like solo journey on tour. So when I'm in England, it's great. Everybody wants to talk about it. So I'm like super um, excited to talk about it. But I always try to, uh, um, I've been to Anfield three times now and I have a nine nil aggregate score from when I attend matches at Anfield. You're a good charm. I've never seen uh, them s- scored upon. Right. Really? Well, you, if That's you were there this season, <laughs> if you were there this season, you wouldn't see see too much of that anyway. You're doing pretty pretty well. It's um, been amazing. What a I, fucking season! What, what, what I will say to you though, Vinny, you've got, actually got my team, Newcastle United, this weekend. I'm I'm a season ticket supporter there, um, <laughs> and we we are the only team to have beaten Man, uh, Man City this year as well. So, um, yeah, could can be I, an interesting. Can I just one. say I want you both to lose? <laughs> Sorry, who, who do you support? I'm, I'm an Arsenal guy. Cool. Um, well, I will say, I've been, I've been, I'm glad to see Newcastle staying up. I know that's not, that doesn't, <laughs> isn't your uh, goal for the season, and you definitely want more than that. But um, I've been quietly rooting for Newcastle. I have, a, I have some good friends who are Newcastle supporters, and okay. um, cool. actually, the the man who. Uh, designed all of our merchandise for our last tour uh neil preston he's a fantastic tattooer from newcastle um okay. he and i have been you know i've been keeping tabs on newcastle just to i knew that newcastle was going to take points off that that's why i've made that bet this week <laughs> i've been calling so many of these games i've been predicting i should say so many of these outcomes. I texted him and told him that I was like, Newcastle's going to fucking do something today. You guys are going to do something for us today. Cause it was almost like, 
a title race back then, you know, they were neck and neck the whole season. And mm-hmm. sure enough, you guys did. Maybe, maybe you should put a little bet on Newcastle the weekend just, you know, to kind of make up for, you know, it might make put a smile on your face with a bit of money in your pocket if, if Liverpool get beat. Oh, God, I can't handle that. There's no <laughs> way I can bet. I'm still holding on to hope that... Uh, You've got a big game tomorrow night as well, though, haven't you? You've got a couple, couple of, yeah, a couple of things you you going for. Yeah, I mean, it's been so fun. It's been such a fun season. I'm having a blast watching these guys. They're fucking so cool. I love these dudes. I'm proud of those dudes. They're they're fucking awesome. I'm having a lot of fun being a Liverpool supporter. It's fucking, it's a wild ride, and um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, get to watch them play Barcelona tomorrow. That's sick. I wish I could be there. I wish I could like I want to witness a, a Champions League match one of these days mm. I think that they're going to be in the mix for a very long time I think Liverpool's back well, one, one, once I've a, never once sorry, upon yeah. a time I did see Newcastle United play Barcelona in the Champions League at St James's Park but uh, oh, that, that's amazing. gone a long 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 way back now unfortunately <laughs> we're, we're miles away from that it's incredible I love that um <laughs> Well, Newcastle's definitely on the list that I submitted yesterday. We'll see if they'll have me. <laughs> um, it's a really cool spot. It's a cool, it's a cool city. But I wish that I could. Um, I wish that I could wait. That that the other three times I go, I went to Anfield. It was like I totally planned it and made sure that you I know I was playing it. Liverpool yeah. on match night or like um, the last one. I we were playing Leeds and I had to hire a car to drive me from Leeds uh from Liverpool to Leeds after the match and I got I got to the show like an hour before we were scheduled to play (laughs) dedication Um, yeah I mean it's so fun it's like a dream you know for us it's just this world on tv that we witness on Saturday and Sunday mornings you know so to be there is it's definitely very much like a dream yeah um I obviously Vinny we don't want to keep too much of your time so I could I just quickly jump into a couple of things here um it's cool um, I just want to watch the I just want to watch the Spurs um um Ajax Champions yeah. League game that's all I have to do today Me too, man, I, <laughs> I just I just worked uh for five weeks straight 24 hours a day so I've really? been giving myself this. yeah well, it's just the tour is like yeah. I suppose it was it's long and hard, and um, yeah. I'm giving myself this week to just kind of hang Reach, out, recharge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll get busy. <laughs> I'll get busy in a few days. So go on. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask. Obviously, with the, the first few I am the Avalanche years, did the uh, obviously must have hooked up with old uh, Rob Hit, who you mentioned earlier. Um, because did did he put out like the latter releases? Was that on his label? It was. He, he yeah. He put out Avalanche United and um, Wolverines. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, Rob. Right? Um, He's he great. Doing, is he still doing that that label and the crush management stuff? Because you, uh, no, you said you spoke to him he's recently. Tran- he's transitioned into another field. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, he doesn't work in management anymore. Okay. Um, but he's, uh, no, he's, he's, you know, I don't believe he's putting out records. I haven't heard of anything like that in a while, but I'm not sure what he's up to. 
he might still have his hand in some music of some kind. I haven't, I don't know. I haven't sat down and talked to him about it for a while. Right. Our conversation um, was strictly me trying to get Midtown to play a reunion show so that I could see it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so then, obviously, the, was the first reunion movie life wise around about 2010? I'm not including the set your goals uh, thing you did. Like the first one with 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 the old members. Did did you do like some one off shows around 2010 before the 2015? Reunion? I think we played Bamboozle. That, okay, that was it. So did you just um, feel like you guys were ready for it again? Or was that maybe too early? That's exactly. We played and I was working on Avalanche United. And yeah, I think I think people wanted to do more. And I remember being like, you know, I, I, it's just a really bad time for me. Um, and so we kind of let it rest. And then... Um, and then kind of pulled the trigger again when we thought we were ready for that. And and it worked out better because obviously you ended up doing a doing a whole new record. I've been having an amazing time. I mean, you know, been able to make a record and play some really great shows, and it's just so cool. I mean, I, I, if anything, right now is probably it'll probably rest for a little bit just because okay. it's like so i mean how often does do you really it's not like we're gonna t- do another five-week tour in the fall you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah of course i know brandon uh has been writing some stuff that he's really excited about um writing some music so he and i were talking about getting together and keeping the wheels turning in that respect okay oh cool i guess you got your, your the solo stuff keeping keeping you busy as well and yeah i'm really excited like that's where my focus is now um Mm -hmm. this record i just made is fucking cool it's i'm really really into it i love it um i cannot wait to like show everyone this stuff um are you just gonna gonna launch that independently or um i'll be working with the label from the uk on the uk and europe side of things sure but I'm just getting all of that together right now, okay. like uh, okay. sealing the deals. Okay. So what what oh. kind of time are you aiming aiming for that to drop? Ideally October. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And and sound wise, is it gonna is is it gonna be reminiscent of that last full length you did three years ago, or is, are you changing it up a bit? Like how... changing it up. Um, right. Okay changing it up yeah it's um it's still me and it's still um i don't know i i had a bunch of songs that i decided to just i thought i had a record and then i said you know what i don't i don't i don't even feel like recording this record i don't think that it's i feel like it's something that had that i had done before you know i was just like this is like this is this is not better than any of the other solo material that I've done. And that was basically it. I was like, this isn't better than what I already did. And so I threw most of it away and started over and started. And I just got on this, I got to this really cool place where it's kind of this new feeling. Um, 
and uh and it's a really good feeling it feels okay. really good it's fucking depressing as shit but <laughs> it's i mean a lot of my a lot of my lyrical subject matter isn't always sunshiny and happy but um yeah yeah there's melodies and chord progressions in there that carry it to a place where it does make you feel good um i've shared it with some of my friends and a lot of peers of mine like people i came up with in music and stuff and the reaction that i've been getting has been really heartening like I'm pretty sure I did make something as special as I think I made, judging by the reaction of people's opinions who I trust. And okay, um, I feel I feel like I definitely made something special. So I'm really, really excited. I think there's a few songs on this record that might be the best songs I've ever written, and that's uh, obviously coming out of my mouth. Okay. So <laughs> I'll let I'll let I'll let anyone else be the judge, but um, I'm, I couldn't be. I couldn't be happier with it. Great. We'll look forward to hearing it, man. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Definitely. Well, I'll definitely be making some some announcements about that soon. I just need to get all the ducks in sure. a row first. Cool. Sure, sure. What are you um so what 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 are you up to kind of outside of music these days? Are you or or, or is music just kind of taking everything up at the minute or at the at the moment, um, me it's always it's always something to do with music, uh, oh, cool. which is okay. great. Yeah, um, I do play quite a bit um, on my own, uh, doing solo shows. Um, these uh, these handwritten lyric sheets have kept me extremely busy in between tours, which has been really oh, yeah. fun. I've like, it's really strange, like how little you it's like you forget that you you don't really write anymore we really do type or just use our phones for shit sure writing on a piece of paper with a pen is a really <laughs> like strange experience like you're you get, like, <laughs> blisters on your hands and shit yeah, yeah. um that's kept me really busy that's been really fun um and totally gratifying i get a lot of stories um you know people that people that have ordered these things from me and it's actually been a really awesome amount of people from the UK um, getting involved and um, you know it's not just like this order form that you fill out it's really just a direct conversation between me and the person so that's cool I would say almost every almost every thing I've done like these lyric sheets, almost every one that I've done, I get like at least a small um, explanation on what the song means to them or for the person that they're getting the sheet for, or, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's just another connection where I, where I just get a kick out of hearing these stories and like, you know, I know what these songs mean to me, but it's, it's, it's interesting to hear what part of this person's life, this song is attached to, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've been keeping busy with that and I work, um, sometimes I work in music publishing where I do co-writes for other artists. Okay. Um, anyone, helping anyone, people. anyone, anyone cool or a lot of cool things, mm. a lot of, a lot of things that like, it's generally younger folks who okay. are like signed to majors and people that aren't, their records aren't out yet or and stuff like that. 
but I'll help people write lyrics or I'll help them put songs together for their records or which is really cool. Um, but yeah, everything that I do is still all music uh, related, which was definitely in my mission statement when I, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I went into bartending for a long time. You, it can be a real, really great way to make money in New York. Um, but my music was suffering and I wasn't doing anything, you know, I was just working. And, um, yeah. so that was definitely part of being a musician full time again was, you know, try to try to just do music all the time and, and have that be your life and have that be your focus and your universe. And luckily I've been able to make a living doing it. It's not always, uh, peaches. It can be really stressful. Um, to do this but it's also super super rewarding and and yeah. um fulfilling for sure cool so in the last podcast we introduced this new bit where it's like a quick fire round when we ask two a couple of questions but i don't like nick's like looking like he maybe doesn't want to do that maybe it's because like we, we could probably guess finney's answers to a, to most of these couldn't we <laughs> yeah like we, it, it was we can do it, yeah. Wait, yeah, we could give it a test, and if it, if, it, if it sucks, we can just edit it out. We we we, okay. we tried it with um, uh, we had Peter Munters on last time. Do you, do you remember him? He used to play in that band over it. Do you remember them from back? Oh in yeah, the day? yeah, yeah. You know what? I saw him in the crowd at one of our shows. Oh really? On this last tour, I swear I saw him in the crowd. Cause oh man, I I saw his face. Where does yeah, he live? Yeah, he lives in in Hollywood. I'm pretty sure he came to our show at the Roxy. Oh, really? Because I looked into the crowd oh, okay. and I saw him. <laughs> and I, I smiled. I smiled at him and he kind of gave yeah. me this nod like, yeah, what's up, dude? Oh, and was, man. <laughs> and I totally so cool. forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Maybe it was somebody else. <laughs> he still very much likes to keep himself uh, involved in, in, in the scene. So, yeah, it's probably... Yeah, so it's very nice. Like, surprised. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. We, we yeah, had a problem. We had a problem with the platform, so we lost his entire audio, which we were really devastated about. And he was so nice about it, so he's a top guy. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, we'll um, we'll give this quick. It's only a few questions, so you just we'll give you two options, and then you just say which one you prefer, essentially. But I think we could probably guess on most of these. But you know, we'll, we'll edit it out if it doesn't work. So you, uh, you go for okay. the first one. Oh, right, okay. So first one is English football or American football. English football. We've got Liverpool winning the Champions League or the Premier League. Which one do I want or which one do I think will happen? Uh, do you want? want. <laughs> I would prefer to win the Premier League. <laughs> it has been a long time for Liverpool. Uh, yeah. re- rev- revelation or drive-through? <sighs> Both equally important <laughs> in my career. <laughs> Nice we, diplomatic answer. We've got Br- Brighton or London. Brighton. Oh, That's nice. my favorite uh, city what? in the UK. Oh, okay. It's where I'm originally from, so uh, oh, I love it that's, there. That's I, interesting. I've, uh, the last few times I've gone to England, I've scheduled uh, to have a few days on my own in Brighton, and I, I, I get a room in that. Um, you know that hotel right on the waterfront, the Mercure. Oh, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I'll just sit there on that balcony and like have a beer, and um, I, I like posting up in Brighton. So yeah, the last nice. few times I've spent a few extra days there to hang out. So do you, do you have some friends there? 
Oh, yeah, I have some very good friends in Brighton and Brighton and Hove, like that whole area. Uh, a lot of the excerpts guys live there. Oh, yeah. Do you know yeah. the band, the excerpts? Yeah, I do. Um, Scot- yeah. Scottish band, yeah? Yeah, and they, they yeah. all live in Brighton uh, and Hove. Oh, nice. And uh, some of our good friends who work for Avalanche and Movie Life as crew also work there, uh, uh, live there too. So, yeah, we have, we, have, we have a good gang over there. Sorry, I derailed your quick fire. No, no, no. I was, I, I was curious. Uh, yeah, we'll just quickly finish that. So uh, it was me, wasn't it? Warp tour or headline tour? Headline tour. We got solo or band. Uh, right now, I want, right now, I'm saying solo. It's easier. Solo touring is easier. I don't have to. That makes sense. Yeah. There's so many. You know, now that we're old, everyone's got so much going on in their lives. It's so hard yeah. to get bands together to do stuff. And so it's a lot easier for me to to do solo. So right now I'm switching into solo mode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, okay, so movie life or I am the avalanche? Ugh. <laughs> um, both massive parts of my life. Um, but... I would have to say that I like I'm the Avalanche's music more than the movie life's music. Ooh, um, okay. Only because some of the movie, some of the movie life stuff is just a little old and, and, um, and the, I don't know, the Avalanche stuff is more current to who I am now. So I relate okay. to the, I relate to the lyrics more, but I appreciate the shit out of the movie life. Um, yeah. And Avalanche equally. Well, we, we, we're we going to end on a movie life one anyway, so it's this this time next year or 40, 40 hour train back to Penn. 40 hour. I think it's more of a complete record. Yeah. That's yeah, my that, favorite. I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I suppose, Philly, so the last thing we have, we've, we've just uh, we put out to listeners that you're coming on, so we've got a couple of listener questions, uh, which okay. uh, we'll put to you if that's if all right. If they're still and listening... Then, if they- <laughs> Jesus Christ! I've been we've been talking for like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's hopefully it's the people that are listening are enjoying that, and they're not like Jesus. It's going on. And on. <laughs> all right, let's uh, have it. All right, okay. So uh, the first one we had, Alice Howes asks. Um, she says, "She says, is it annoying when people request hand grenade all the time?" I, that's a bit of an inside joke because that one's from my sister, and I, there was a time. There was a time you were playing the Macbeth in London, and I think it was an I Am the Avalanche show, and you came on acoustically at the end, and someone just kept asking for hand grenade, and you're just like, Jesus, that's my other band. Have some respect. And I think that pissed right. her off all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, um, it's, more, it's more her just saying that she was with you as a, as a legit question, but you can answer it. If you like. <laughs> well, no, obviously, it's, it's funny. People were yelling, I am the Avalanche songs at me. Like, oh, no one's saying it seriously. They're just yeah. kind of saying it with a smile. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but it, that, it used to be the other way around. People would yell movie life songs at us when we would do Avalanche shows. And I have no problem being yelled. Uh, if someone yells hand grenade at me and I'm holding a guitar yeah. uh, at a solo <laughs> show, I'll, I'll play hand grenade for you, Alice. <laughs> 
Cool. We've got another question. We've got two Kate's, uh, questions from Kate from Bristol. Um, the first part of that we've covered around the pieced out stuff, but a second part of the question was, what's your favourite Simpsons episode? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Man, I don't really even watch The Simpsons, and it's been a while. Maybe I guess those Halloween ones are cool. I do watch the Halloween ones, whatever they're called. But yeah, I'm not as I'm not a massive Simpsons fan. Not huge. I, I assume that she's asking that question because there's a Simpsons line in in an old movie life song. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, are you Are you aware of that? Not, not that I know of. Not that I know of. We've, we've, There's yeah, a so. line in Walking on Glass that is oh, taken from yeah, the Simpsons. Oh, yeah, black stuff. Yes, yeah. What's yeah, it? yeah. I, I have a feeling yeah, that, yeah, yeah but I, I'm not really a big Simpsons guy. Ah, okay, okay. Um, uh, so James South asks, um, is there any, because I suppose this is assuming that, 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 that maybe you're not paying that much attention to like modern pop punk music but he says are there any modern pop punk bands specifically that that you like um you know i'm not i don't listen to pop punk um i hate i'm sorry to say (laughs) i don't know i don't know like i'm 39 years old i don't think i'm the target audience for a lot of the new pop punk bands um yeah but um Shit, let me think. Who's who have I seen? I've seen the story, uh, the story so far, a few oh, times, yeah. and yeah. they're cool. They're definitely cool. They're a good band. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, there's my answer. The story so far is a legit yeah. band, and I suppose they're a pop punk band, right? Yeah, they count as pop punk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Story so far, super cool band. Okay, we've got another one from Evan Charles says, um, can we expect another I Am The Avalanche record or tour? Yes. Um, Yeah, I think so. It's really tough to get together because not all of us even live in the same state anymore. Right. Um, But um, there is new I Am The Avalanche music that is currently being worked on. And obviously, I'm in love with the UK, and I'm, <laughs> I I hope that I'm the Avalanche will play in the UK within the next year or two. I don't know. We'll see. It really depends on a lot of things, but um, yeah, I'm the Avalanche. We'll will play in the UK again. Yeah. Cool. Um. Oh, sorry. One one last question I meant to ask before, but like, could, could you pick what your least favorite UK city is, or 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 do you not want to be mean about uh, one of your favorite countries? <laughs> um, uh, least favorite? I don't know. I mean, there's not really anything that comes to mind. Um, uh, outside of Brighton, where are you most looking forward to getting back to? Uh, Brighton, I think Bristol was really cool. That's a cool city. I didn't, re- that kind of yeah. like was, um, that kind of, I never noticed Bristol being so cool. Um, but I, I dig that place. Bristol's good. It's good for shows too. So yeah. a lot of people, um, come out. I think some Welsh people come out since it's yeah. kind of close to Wales. It seemed close, like there was yeah. some Welsh folks. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I saw you play down there not long ago at that Dead Punk Festival when you were doing some solo stuff. And there oh, cool. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to play that again. I'd like to do that again. That was That's really cool. Maybe I'll... Yeah, uh, it's a cool day. 
Maybe I'll do that. Maybe if they'll have me back, I'll do that. Because I know I want to come and do a solo tour when the record comes out. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to come back in the spring and play a few festivals and have some fun too. So, cool. um, yeah. But, but yeah, I would say Bristol. I'm definitely hoping to be back in Liverpool close to a match day so I can see them. And um, I'd love to get up to Scotland. Um, it's been a while since I've been in Newcastle. I'd love to head up there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there isn't really anything that comes to mind of like a city that I hate in the UK. I've always, okay, fair enough. always managed. I connect with like even those bleak cities, like, like just the, where the sun never seems to shine and no one yeah. seems to be happy. I still kind of get something out of that. Like I like walking around those towns with, with like my headphones in listening to mute moody music. It inspires <laughs> me. And yeah, that's so. like, also I like, I like being in an uncomfortable place and like walking. There's always warmth somewhere. So I love being in like a, cold blustery gray bleak kind of town but then like stepping into a pub and having like a warm meal and a beer it's like that yeah there's still there's still light in the darkness you know <laughs> um almost those warm meals and those 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 that that beer that you're just like wow that might have been the best beer like most i've ever enjoyed a beer i feel like those are because <laughs> you've you've earned it by being <laughs> by being in Freezing in a, cold. A bleak place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if you have enough of them, you don't feel like, you don't feel the cold anymore. So Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, enough. <laughs> Shit, man. Like that's how I got through this winter, I think. I, I think I need to I think I've been drinking a little too much, but um it's uh I'm going to New Orleans in a few weeks with Mike from I'm the Avalanche and I'm pretty sure that's going to be a boozy affair. So I think I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah. Give it a rest uh, until then. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Um, yeah, I think we've taken enough of your time as it is, Vinny. Um, I want to thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, super cool of you. Um, is yeah, there anything you, you want to add at the end here? Uh, you know, just to all the UK folks, thanks so much for always making me feel so welcome there. Um I do feel this connection with the UK um, and um, it will be, uh, I'm, I'm always going to come there and, and sing songs and I'll be back in the fall to sing a bunch of avalanche songs and movie life songs and some solo stuff too. And I'll be back with a new record. Cool. Yeah. Well, we look forward to hearing it and uh, thanks for your time and good luck for uh, Liverpool tomorrow night. I know you don't mean that, but thank you. <laughs> Nice one. Cheers, Vinny. You take care of yourself. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, guys. Bye. So there it was, uh, Vinny Caruana. Um, yeah, that was pretty funny, Chris. That was that was really cool. Big big shout out to him and the big thanks to him because because obviously from the length of this, you can tell he gave us a lot of his time. Um, yeah. So I don't think it'd be long till we see here uh, hear and see see new things from him. Like anyway. Yeah. yeah, judging from what he said about his new solo album and forthcoming tour over here. So keep an eye out for that, for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, just a, a reminder to give us a like and a share um, on, on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Um, you'll be able to stay up to date with all kind of new guests 
around the corner. Um, yep. Yeah, anything else, Chris? I think that's everything. So until next time, um, cool. thanks for listening. And I can't wait for you to arrive and we'll see.